Even as Pastor Heller mentioned, of course, we celebrate communion tonight as a result of Jesus transforming the Passover celebration into what we know as the Lord's Supper or communion. Communion celebrates our fellowship with God, as the word communion means, fellowship. And it celebrates our communion with one another. And there's a lot to be learned as we think upon that first communion meal together. A lot to learn about fellowship. For it was at that communion meal that Jesus announced that he was going to be betrayed that night and that all of his disciples would desert him. A time in celebrating fellowship with God, announcing desertion and betrayal. It's a time to celebrate fellowship among God's people. And that teaching comes immediately upon the disciples arguing with each other as to which of them would be the greatest. A lesson on fellowship. But tonight, what I really want to focus on is a lesson of incredible renewal. Jesus said to Peter, and the key verse tonight is Luke twenty-two thirty-two: I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. I want to focus on that aspect of Peter strengthening his brothers. But before that, we need some background. Jesus had just celebrated communion and told his disciples that they're going to desert him. You don't need to turn there in your Bibles, but in Matthew 26, 30, it says this. And when they had sung to him, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Peter's response in Matthew 26, 33 is this. Peter answered him, though all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. That's a disappointing response on two levels. First, in the way in which he viewed his fellow disciples. He said, though they all fall away, I will not. It wasn't hard for Peter to accept Jesus' teaching that those guys are going to fall away. Sure they are going to fall away. They're not as committed as I am. And they were arguing about who would be the greatest. Though they all fall away, I never will. It's it's disappointing because of the arrogance of that response. How much more wonderful if Peter had said, we won't fall away. And even more wonderful if Peter would have taken Jesus at his word and acknowledged that he, like the rest, would desert Jesus. Peter is actually going to deny even knowing Jesus. Jesus' response is, He said to him, truly I tell you this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. So it isn't just Peter that doesn't accept Jesus' warning. 
and Jesus' rebuke, but all the disciples said the very same thing. He was not unique in that regard. But Jesus also supplied Peter with a word of encouragement. In Luke twenty-two thirty-one, it says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus issued a word of comfort and encouragement to Peter, saying, when you've turned again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus' warning is fulfilled, of course. All the disciples deserted Jesus, Matthew 26, 56. But all this has taken place, that the scriptures, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. And Peter, of course, does deny Jesus three times. That comes as no surprise. Tonight, that was all introduction, but have no fear, it won't be long. We uh, are going to look at Jesus' restoration of Peter, so that Peter can, in fact, strengthen his brothers. The restoration comes in John 21, you may want to turn there, it's a very familiar passage. These are all things that you are very familiar with. John 21. Peter is restored by having the opportunity to express his love for the Lord three times in keeping with Jesus' excuse me, in keeping with Peter's three denials. Jesus, after his death and resurrection, appears to Peter and the other disciples after Peter decided to go fishing. Jesus appears to them on the shore. Eventually, Peter recognizes that it is the Lord Jesus. He swims to the shore. The rest come with their boat, bringing a large catch of fish. Jesus sits, eats with them, finished breakfast. John 21, 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Verse 16, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to me, said unto him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. So three denials, three opportunities for Peter to express his love for Jesus. In keeping with that restoration, there are three repeated assignments to Peter. Verse 15. He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then the end of that verse, he said to him, Feed my lambs. And to verse 16, Tend my sheep. Verse 17. Feed my sheep. Peter is restored in keeping with Jesus' original statement that he would pray for Peter, that Peter's faith would not fail, that he would be converted, that is, that he'd be changed, that he'd be transformed, that he would take on a new life 
a new experience. And that came to pass when Peter expresses his love for the Lord Jesus these three times. Then we have the beginning of this ministry that Jesus referred to on that communion night of strengthening the brethren. And the way that he tells Peter to do that is by feeding, tending his sheep. Tonight, I want us to look at how Peter strengthens his brothers in light of his own failure. I find that Peter learns a tremendous amount of an understanding of God's grace as he looks at his own failure. So my real text tonight is 1 Peter chapter 5, if you would turn there. We are looking at how does Peter go about strengthening his brothers. Peter strengthens his brothers by teaching them truths that are directly related to his own experience of failure and restoration. We should see some incredible parallels to Peter's instruction and Peter's own experience. First, starting at 1 Peter 5, 6. Peter teaches us that we are to recognize our weakness and God's power. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. Accept Jesus' admonition tonight that the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. It's important that we humble ourselves, that we don't think more highly of ourselves than we ought, that we don't think that we are further along the road than what we are, that we are above or beyond a capability of even denying the Lord Jesus. What would we do if we were threatened? Peter wasn't even threatened, but he saw Jesus arrested and it threw him for a loop. So the first admonition is humble yourself. Peter teaches us that we are to take our worries and fears to the Lord through prayer. Through prayer. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Learn to cast your anxieties and your cares on the Lord Jesus, for he cares for you. On that communion night, on that Passover night, they are going to spend that evening in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in that garden, Jesus is going to pray. He's going to pray repeatedly to the Father. Not my will, but yours be done. He was wrestling. He was groaning. He said to the disciples that he was next unto death. He couldn't face on his own what was going to be required of him 
to go to the cross. And so he pours out his prayers to God with such fervency that sweat drops of blood flowed from his body. And the Father sent angels to minister to Jesus and to strengthen him. If Jesus needed to be strengthened in order to face the ordeal that was before him, and of course it's the great onslaught of the evil one, but if he was to face that ordeal and needed to be strengthened, how much more we and how much more Peter? And so, of course, Jesus repeatedly warns the disciples who are sleeping instead of praying. And he warns them to enter into prayer lest they be tempted. Watch and pray. They do not. Peter says, cast all your cares and anxieties on him. He learned an important lesson. Thirdly, Peter teaches us that we are to remember that our adversary, the evil one, is real and at work. Notice verse 8. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Learn from Jesus' warning to Peter. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, Behold, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. Understand you have an adversary. And the way to deal with that was to pray. Be watchful. Now, Peter exhorts us in verse 8 of 1 Peter 5, be sober-minded, be watchful. You have an adversary who wants to destroy you. Notice how this reads out of Peter's own denial of the Lord Jesus Christ. He learned great lessons. He was strengthening his brothers, who were all in the same boat as Peter himself. Peter teaches us to resist the evil one by not losing confidence in Jesus. 1 Peter 5, 9, resist him firm in the faith knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Resist. Stand firm. Know that what you are experiencing, others are experiencing as well. Know that you are all in the same boat. We are all in the same boat. Jesus said, you will all deny me. They all said, we will not flee from you. And they all failed. They all failed. We must not lose confidence in God's protection. What Peter had not understood and threw him for a loop was when Jesus was arrested and carted off. He had supreme confidence in Jesus. He was willing to hack off the ear of Malchus, one of those 
soldiers that came to arrest Jesus. He believed in Jesus' power. But remember, he really didn't expect Jesus to go to the cross. And when he was arrested, he saw Jesus now as vincible, as opposed to invincible. He saw Jesus as being overpowered. He saw Jesus being carted away, and it sent chills down his spine. And so now when he's standing at a distance looking at Jesus, he's afraid. He's afraid to identify with Jesus. In fact, he denies knowing Jesus. And because they are pretty sure that he really does know Jesus, he even results to cursing in order to show that he's not a disciple. A disciple of Jesus would not curse. Because he lost confidence in Jesus. We are incredibly vulnerable when we lose confidence in Jesus. And we are susceptible to losing confidence in Jesus when things don't turn out the way we expect. When people disappoint us, when circumstances disappoint us, when there are things that are happening in our life and we're wondering where Jesus is, we're wondering how his promises work out, it's difficult for us to see Jesus at work. We are, at that point, incredibly vulnerable. So what should we do? The ultimate way that we strengthen each other is by pointing each other to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was Jesus who restored Peter. He met with Jesus, and he learned that he was forgiven, he learned that he was empowered, he learned that he was given a task to do. Now notice what 1 Peter 5.10 says. And after you have suffered a while, after you've gone through a lot of anguish and a lot of misery, remember Peter went out and wept bitterly, after you have suffered a while, the God of all grace, the God who can forgive anything, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, who has made you acceptable and you are going to be with him for all eternity, now these words, will himself, will himself. He was strengthening his brothers by pointing them to Jesus, pointing them to God. Will himself now do four things. Restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. The first is he will make you as good as new. Found in the word, 1 Peter 5.10, restore. Restore. Peter was restored. And he was restored better than new. I like to watch... Uh, the uh, auto auctions. Barrett Jackson, 
and they have a lot of cars that come through that are restored. And one of the things that uh, they often say when these cars come through restored, these old muscle cars and antiques, et cetera, et cetera, is they say they are better than new. They are restored to specs that are better than when they came out of the factory. The paint is better. The gaps in the metal are better. They are better than original. Peter was made better than original. Peter was lifted to new heights. Peter was given the ability now that he would not deny the Lord. Second, God will make you strong. It's the word to confirm. Confirm. God will make you strong. God will support you. The word strengthen. It's literally to hold up. To hold up. Um, To come alongside. And to put an arm under your arm or around your waist to keep you from falling. A lot of ice skaters uh, on that uh, time between Christmas and New Year's and they go out to the the rink and you a lot of times see uh, parents holding up their children so they won't fall. The promise is that God will hold us up. And then lastly, God will give you sure footing. After you have suffered a little while, the God of our grace has called you to eternal glory in Christ, will restore confirm, strengthen, and now the word is to establish you. Put you on firm footing. Since I had my operation on my ankle, it was fused. I've got five screws and uh, a uh, graft in a piece of bone in my ankle, so I have no lateral movement to my foot whatsoever. And so, if I'm on an uneven surface, I can't go like that. I I can't make up for it. So if I'm like on grass or something, and I hit an uneven surface with my left foot, I'm going down. That's just it, I'm, I'm falling. And so, when I'm on an uneven surface, I know I'm going to be on gravel. If I know I'm going to be uh, on uh, grass, out comes my cane. And uh, I always walk with my cane. And I lean on my cane when I'm going to be on my left foot so that I don't have to put the pressure on my left foot. I don't have to worry about it going like that because all my weight's on my right side. And I walk like that. Well, Jesus promises us to give us smooth surfaces, a firm foundation, something that you can stand upon and not waver and fall. And God will do all of this, 1 Peter 5.11, to his honor and glory. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So as we think about communion tonight, here are the applications. First, Enjoy the fellowship that we have with each other. May we enjoy each other. May we not be disputing. May we not be arguing. 
May we not think ourselves more spiritual than the person sitting next to us, but may we recognize in all of us our weaknesses. All of us our tendencies. All of us our helplessness. All of us in need of God's strengthening. And so may we strengthen one another by pointing each other to God's forgiveness and his ability to restore. Tonight, may we celebrate communion, fellowship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Our sins have been forgiven, and he has given us a duty and a responsibility to serve him. And we can. And we can because of his grace. And then lastly, may we understand that God accepts our statements of love to him and forgives us our wrongs. I think sometimes we wallow in our sinfulness in a sense that we think that because of our sinfulness, because of something that we have done, that First of all, God would not accept it if we would say to him, we love him. Oh, sure, you love me. Look what you did. As sometimes we do to others. Or we question ourselves. How committed are we? Do we really love the Lord Jesus? If I did, how could I do such a thing? The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. Rejoice that God has given us a willing spirit. Rejoice that our desire is to honor and glorify him. I believe we are here tonight because we really are committed to him. Our spirits are willing. And Jesus accepts that worship of him, of a willing spirit. Even as Paul said, those things I would, I do not. Those things I would not, I do. There's the struggle that goes on inside of all of us. And yet God accepts, appreciates our statements of affection and love toward him. If at the same time, we constantly remember the weakness of our flesh. All that we are is by the grace of God. And all that we will be is by the grace of God. And we have to make a commitment tonight as we take communion. Lord, I want to live for you. But I can't. I have failed you often. And I will fail you in the future. The flesh is weak. And so we go to the Lord Jesus tonight in communion, asking that he strengthen us, asking that he would renew us, restore us, not just once and for all, but it has to be on a regular, daily, 
basis that we're reminding ourselves of the need of the grace of God in our lives or we are going to fail him. And we're going to fail each other. But tonight, celebrate the forgiveness of sins and the peace of God that we have through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, his body on the cross, his blood that was shed. And as we celebrate on Easter, his resurrection from the dead. At this time, 